For 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be back next week, so make sure to tune in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., always bringing you the best of information related to your health and wellness. Today is absolutely no exception. I am thrilled to have, as always, a wonderful special guest on the phone that I'm going to introduce in just a minute. Just want to give you a little bit of background. We've been doing this show for about three years. We have a wonderful archive section of shows available to you to download and listen to for absolutely free. If you go to the Village Green website, our show sponsor, they're at www.myvillagegreen.com. On the right-hand side of the homepage, you'll see a radio uh, microphone icon. If you click on that, it'll take you to the archive show section. I really encourage you to listen to those shows. I've had many people email and tell me in person that they've used those shows to expand their knowledge of natural health, and it is absolutely a free resource for you. Today, we are going to be talking about gastrointestinal issues. We're going to be covering pretty much everything from the top of the system all the way down to the bottom of the system. We're going to talk about upper GI issues, lower GI issues, different types of diagnoses, different types of misdiagnoses. We're going to be talking about different natural remedies, discussing some of the pharmaceutical options and pros and cons associated with those. If you have GI issues, you need to hear this show. Many, many people, probably one of the more common things that I deal with in my office is gastrointestinal related problems. So this is something that people suffer with, whether it's somebody who has a significant diagnosis of an inflammatory bowel condition like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or something that is uh, irritable bowel syndrome has been diagnosed or they just have some occasional acid reflux. There are things you can do related to your diet, related to supplements, related to nutritional factors that can significantly improve the outcomes of these conditions really without touching pharmaceuticals or sometimes in co-management with certain pharmaceuticals. So GI issues are so far reaching. Let's get to the topic. I have on the phone with me today Eve Plews. She is a licensed nutritional counselor and has been serving the Sarasota, Florida community in her clinic, Full Spectrum Health, since 1988. Eve studied medical botany at Northern Arizona University, received exposure to traditional Chinese medicine from Dr. Ming Ying Zhao in Boulder, Colorado, graduated from the Institute for Functional Medicine, and received homeopathic training from Luke Chalton, N.D., Eve is a food-based clinician incorporating nutrients, herbs, and medical foods to support health and healing. She has served on the Zymogen Board of Advisors since its inception, and she is also, as I am, the host of two radio shows down in Florida that she does regularly to help spread the word about natural health and natural medicine and nutrition. So, Eve, thank you so much for being on the phone with us today. 
It's a delight to be invited and to spread the word. So let's talk about GI issues. I think we were going to discuss some issue. We were going to start the show talking about the top of the tube and end the show talking about the bottom of the tube. So you want to introduce a few conditions and issues and things around gastrointestinal disorders, specifically as they apply to the stomach, esophagus, small intestine, that that top side of the tube? Well, if you watch American television, you would think that every other person that lives here has excess stomach acid. You know, I still remember that first ad that there was a faucet in the stomach dripping acid, and you ate your Rolades or your Tums, and it sucked up the acid as if the acid was bad. We want to understand that this is a very common complaint of heartburn, gastroesophageal reflux, um, and it can create some very serious problems. There's no question we don't want it to go on. But the irony is too little acid is often the culprit, and the symptoms are exactly the same as too much acid. Can you explain that just because that sounds so counterintuitive to people? I mean, people say, well, I got on an acid-blocking medication and I got better. So, Eve, how could it possibly be too little acid? Well, what happened is they they didn't necessarily got better. They eliminated the symptom. Right. And eliminating the symptom isn't always the same thing as getting better. But first thing we want to remember is that the function of stomach acid, if you put the microphone on the street and you ask 100 people what stomach acid is for, they're going to tell you to digest their food. But what's true is stomach acid only works on protein. It doesn't work on an apple. It doesn't work on a piece of toast. It only works on the egg or the salmon or the pork chop. It only works on protein. But the primary function of stomach acid is to sterilize your food, to get rid of the critters, whether they're bacteria or yeast or sometimes even parasites that can contaminate food. We don't have to go to the third world to get exposed to these things. And so when we have an inadequate amount of stomach acid, when the stomach contents leave the stomach and head toward the small intestine, one of the functions of that magical part of that plumbing is the duodenum, and the duodenum neutralizes the stomach acid. So ironically, if you don't have enough acid, your duodenum doesn't, and pancreas don't kick in to neutralize the stomach acid, and you'll end up with heartburn or reflux about three to four hours after a meal. Virtually every time somebody ends up with heartburn or reflux immediately after the meal, then they truly do have excess stomach acid, and in those instances, most often caused by a food sensitivity. Yeah, and it's a great point. People don't realize that the pH of the stomach should be around 2.0. Now, in the chemistry scale, for anybody who is a little bit rough around the edges on their chemistry, the lower you are in the pH scale, the more acidic it is. So a pH of 2 is enough to essentially melt a nail. I mean, we want a very acidic environment in the stomach for that exact reason that you explained, which is to help sterilize our food. It is an immune, a very active and very functional immune barrier for our body. There's nothing else we take in more foreign material of than food. I mean, air, I guess, when we breathe and water, but water goes through the stomach as well. So it's an incredibly important defense mechanism our body has to neutralize potential threats. The other yeah, issue... Yeah, and few people 
understand that stomach acid is part of the immune system. Right, exactly. And the other thing that, you know, I'm sure that you can speak about in relation to low stomach acid causing acid reflux is there is that uh, pyloric sphincter, which is the muscle that is at the bottom of the esophagus that basically separates the stomach from the esophagus. And one of the things that sets the amount of muscle tone or the, the seal of that sphincter is having strong stomach acid. So if stomach acid declines slightly, you're going to lose some of the muscle tone in that sphincter, which is also why things like wine and peppermint tea and chocolate and cigarette smoking can exacerbate acid reflux because they also loosen the seal of that pyloric sphincter that keeps the acid from splashing onto your esophagus. Yes, let's add citrus and tomato sauce to that list. Right, exactly. And your stomach is designed to be in an environment that is highly acidic, so our stomach, right, Eve, makes certain protective coatings, correct? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, one of the absolute paradoxes of the stomach is why doesn't the stomach digest itself? And the reason is because the body puts a protective coat on it. Exactly. And the esophagus doesn't have that acid content, so it doesn't. So anytime there is compromise in that pyloric sphincter and the acid splashes onto the esophagus or contacts the esophagus, the esophagus, yeah, it doesn't have that protective mechanism like the stomach does. And exactly, the answer is Ow. So, um, all right. So let's talk about some different strategies. You mentioned food sensitivities. We've talked about drugs that lower stomach acid. I mean, if you have acid reflux and you're reaching for the Tums, you're reaching for the OTC acid blocker, your doctor prescribed an acid blocking medication, what options do you have, Eve? Well, the first thing is you have to step over that counterintuitive line. And you have to be willing to actually add digestive agents. And so I always start with a simple digestive enzyme, an enzyme that works on the pancreatic phase, and give that enzyme before the meal and see if that doesn't solve the digestive problem to start out with. It's the simplest, it's the easiest, it's the least expensive thing to do. And in probably 50% of the clients that I give a pancreatic enzyme to, all of this stomach indigestion problem stops within two days. For the individuals that that's not enough, we actually have to add more acid. And we don't add acid directly because you couldn't swallow something that had a pH of 2.0 unless it was going to take the skin off your mouth. And so we add compounds into the stomach that actually enhance the ability of the stomach to make more acid. And so those supplements, those gastric acid supplements, are used after a meal, ideally, because you want the stomach to produce all of the acid that it's going to produce. When I lived in northern Arizona, I worked with a population both on the reservations and in northern Arizona in general, there was a pretty cashless society. We had no money to work with. We didn't have supplements that, you know, they could purchase. But there was one thing that they could buy at both at the grocery store and at the liquor store, and that was bitters, the same bitters we use to make a Manhattan cocktail. And bitters are made out of the plant green gentian. And if you take three or four splashes of bitters and put it in a little snort of water, just about an ounce of water, and drink that down about 15 or 20 minutes before a meal, that will also enhance digestion. So it isn't a matter of the fact that we always have to have a pill for every ill. 
But what we know is when the body is not producing enough stomach acid, we are clearly at risk of getting food poisoning much more easily than we would otherwise because we've lost this immune um, activator that can kill the bugs that are on our lunch. Yes, we also know that lowering stomach acid through the use of some of the more common prescription medications can increase the risk of things like pneumonia um, because even though the lungs and the stomach are separate, that immune barrier in the stomach helps to prevent other bacteria from coming back up the tube and going back down the trachea and getting to the lung. So people, especially older people that are on acid-blocking medication, we know have higher risks of lung infections and pneumonia. So again, a testament to how critical that stomach acid is to supporting our immune system. Now, we're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick up the conversation of acid reflux because honestly, we could do no other topic besides acid reflux today and still help thousands and millions of people considering how common it is. But there are some other key nutrients and other key things that you need to know if you are dealing with acid reflux issues and want to understand how it works and some more natural approaches to dealing with it. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500 brought to you by The Village Green. And we're going to be back right after this break. Whether you're an active baby boomer, a weekend warrior, or a professional athlete, Boron's Arnicare Gel is the perfect solution to all life's little injuries. Arnicare, which contains the healing benefits of homeopathic Arnica Montana, can be used safely to treat muscle pain, stiffness, swelling, and bruising due to minor injuries, overexertion, and surgery. The non-greasy gel has no artificial colors, perfumes, or parabens. Arnicare is also available in cream and ointment formulas. You can find Arnicare at Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda. Visit Arnicare on the web at arnicare.com. New from Garden of Life Vitamin Code Raw Multivitamins. They are the only raw multivitamin to include live enzymes and probiotics, amino acids, and antioxidants. They are gluten and dairy free with no soy allergens. Vitamin Code is uncooked, untreated, unadulterated, and binder free. Vitamin Code Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Go beyond vitamins and minerals. Get the code Vitamin Code. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Get the one tiny pearl that delivers big Acidophilus, 900% more. Get Acidophilus pearls from Enzymatic Therapy. Each little pearl-shaped capsule makes a big impact, delivering up to 900% more live probiotics to the intestine than other products. This revolutionary product, Age Digestion, supports a healthy immune system and is perfect for travelers who want to enhance intestinal health. This season, make sure to take the pearls that give you big Acidophilus. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember, Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Are you under a lot of stress at work? Pressure from the boss, budget cuts, impossible workloads? It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary has everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. A wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for 45 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. 
Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning next week, so make sure to tune in every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Today we have been talking about digestive health and digestive issues. In the last segment, we were talking about acid reflux issues. I have on the phone with me today Eve Plews, who is a licensed nutritional counselor working out of Sarasota, Florida. She's got uh, many, many years of experience in nutritional counseling and in holistic health in general. So we're very honored to have her on the phone today. She's also the host of her own radio shows down in Florida. So uh, we're having a great time educating you all today. So in the last segment, again, we wrapped up around some of the acid reflux issues. Uh, Eve, let's talk about some of the more common approaches to dealing with acid reflux. And then I'd like to discuss at the tail end, you know, uh, some other natural options besides some of the things we've already talked about. So talk to us about the proton pump inhibitors, the the acid blocking medication, the thing that 99% of people are on if they're dealing with acid reflux issues. Well, the, the circumstances are first to ink into people's minds that solving the symptom isn't necessarily solving the problem. When I look in my practice, there is not a week that goes by, literally, that a new client doesn't come in that hasn't been on one of these proton pump inhibitors or H2 blockers, two different categories of drugs, for five years, for eight years. And when I saw that 16,000-person study that showed that people that are on these proton pump inhibiting acid blockers double their risk of hip fracture after they've been on them for longer than six months, That was an astounding revelation to me. We have a tendency to think that every drug is strictly targeted, that this pill only affects the stomach acid, without realizing that there is other tissue in the body that resonates to those drugs, and we know now that these proton pump inhibitors have direct effect on the bones. So we're actually escalating the rate of osteoporosis when people are on these drugs too long. If you look up on the physician's desk reference, it will tell you that these drugs are designed to be used for four to eight weeks, and they are totally appropriate to use if somebody, golly, really has an ulcer. But they are not appropriate to use as a long-term digestive aid. You use them for four to eight weeks, let the ulcer heal, and then you should be off of those drugs. And I see in my practice that better than 90% of the people that come in on those drugs are off of them within 30 days. And they are using digestive enzymes to support the digestion, and they never have reflux again. Yeah, I would mirror that exact um, observation in my office as well. And it is true that even though these drugs are designed to be used for four to eight weeks, that was their initial intention. Um, Most people are on them for years and years and years. And once they start using them, they do tend to rely on them. And sometimes with some of them, it can be very difficult getting off because your stomach has a barometer for stomach acid. And it releases a hormone that triggers the stomach to release more acid. So if this body is sensing that stomach acid is low, it can increase the production of a hormone that triggers stomach acid. Now, if the proton pump inhibitor is suppressing that from being made, you know, if you come off of it, now all of a sudden you have surging levels of the hormone that triggers more stomach acid production. It becomes a very, very unpleasant experience when people try and discontinue the medication, especially... That's the reason that I walk with kitty cat feet. First off, I start people on enzymes while they're still on their drugs. 
And we use both the enzymes and the drugs together over the first 7 to 10 days. And then we start skipping days. So you use the drug on Monday and not on Tuesday and use it again on Wednesday, etc. We start to reset and recalibrate the way that the stomach responds. We also make sure that somebody has a Band-Aid to use. Were they to get heartburn? Because we're going to have a setback at some point in the first two to four weeks that we come off the drug. So I like using zinc carnosine as one of the things to help to stop the stomach acid burn. And my mother's old remedy, Arm & Hammer baking soda, a teaspoon of it to alkalize the stomach is one of the ways that you can solve the stomach acid problem immediately. But remember, it's just a Band-Aid. We don't want you to be staying on that long term. We just want to bridge the gap as that hormone production stimulation of the stomach acid gets reset and recalibrated. Exactly. So, um, you know, and there's one other comment that I want to make. It's very interesting you bring up the study regarding the proton pump inhibitors. For a long time, we've known about the increased fracture risk when it comes to using these drugs. And the I think the original studies that came out showed five years or more on these proton pump inhibitors increased fracture risk. And we initially thought that some of that that was most likely due to the fact that you need stomach acid in order to ionize calcium. And if calcium is not ionized, you cannot absorb it. So if you're taking calcium, whether it's by food or by supplement, and you have a reduced stomach acid, you're not going to ionize as much and therefore not absorb as much and therefore not have as much calcium readily available for your bones. What uh, you're bringing to light, Eve, is this idea that what we're seeing more in some emerging research, that the proton pump inhibitors may be inhibiting bone not just by the calcium mechanism, but also by having some direct effect on the activity of the bone tissue, which I think is very, very interesting and further, um, you know, highlights how important it is to manage these issues and this issue of acid reflux in a more natural way, not just by covering up the symptom. You know, we want to talk specifically to those people who've been diagnosed with, diagnosed with Barrett's esophagitis because these are the individuals that are to- told that they need to stay on these acid blockers for the rest of their life. Barrett's esophagitis actually quite rarely goes to cancer, and we don't want to minimize the severity of esophageal or stomach cancers. We know that people that have reflux over long periods of time increase the risk of stomach and esophageal cancer by 26%. So we don't want to ignore that. But if you look at the current data that's out on Barrett's esophagitis, you find out that doctors are, in some instances, overreacting. But if we, in fact, simply use digestive enzymes and do what Chinese medicine talks about, which is to make sure that the digestive energy only goes down and never comes up, then even with Barrett's, we can get off those drugs. You know, it was interesting. When I started studying Chinese medicine, I found out that to describe heartburn in Chinese medicine, the condition is called rebellious fire blazing upward. <laughs> and that is really a much more accurate description. Yes. Because anybody who's had it knows it is rebellious, meaning, meaning it's moving up instead of down, and it certainly is fire. 
And so to solve the rebellious fire blazing upward, enzymes are my first tool. Gotcha. Now, I can't talk about this topic without mentioning another natural ingredient that I have seen be extremely useful in dealing with acid reflux, and that is something called deglycerated licorice. Now, this is a form of licorice that has been deglycerated, which the glycerizing portion has been removed, and that makes it more amenable to being used in the digestive system. And in addition, it also takes out any potential risk of the licorice being able to raise blood pressure, which is a concern amongst many people. Um, so it makes it a very, very uh, safe um, supplement for people to use. Deglycerated licorice works by stimulating the cells in your esophagus and your stomach to make more of the protective secretions that they would naturally make. So instead of reducing the acid content, what we're doing is we're stimulating your body to make more of the protective coating. Now we know that that protective coating can get compromised in certain situations. Certain over-the-counter drugs, particularly non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, uh, this is ibuprofen, acetaminophen, aspirin, will signal chemicals in our body that prevent our stomach from making that protective coating. In addition, we know that stress cortisol and elevated cortisol levels will suppress our body's ability to make that protective coating, which is why there's that stereotype of people who are very stressed are subject to ulcers. So the deglycerated licorice, I have, I have honestly not seen anything more effective in alleviating mild to moderate acid reflux issues than this simple ingredient. Zymogen, which Eve, I know you have done a lot of work with that company, you're on their board of advisors, makes a product called glutalamine. And if you listeners of my show know, I rarely ever plug products. But this one has been almost a miracle worker in my office and for the people that I work with. It is a powder. It contains the deglycerated licorice along with a very safe aloe extract that's soothing and healing along with something called glutamine, which is very amenable to helping the lower end of the gastrointestinal system. And this product is a must try if you have some moderate or mild acid reflux and are looking to try and work for a more natural remedy. So we're going to wrap. Go ahead. As I studied Chinese medicine, uh, Dr. Ming informed me one time that when two men meet each other in the street, they don't say, hey, Kevin, how you doing? What's up, buddy? What they say is, how's your middle burner? Because in Chinese medicine, our middle burner is our stomach's ability to digest food. And the worst thing that one old bird can say to another is, my fireplace has gone cold, meaning I can't digest my food anymore. Mm -hmm. And what that translates to is I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. Because our food becomes us. And so I ask people to visualize every bite of food they put in their body in the last 156 days. That's a little more than five months. So we're going to go back all of March, February, January, December, and November. We're pretty well back to Halloween. Now, if we can picture that pile of every single thing we put in our bodies, you know, every piece of broccoli, every piece of bread, every chicken leg, every beer, every brownie, every piece of Christmas candy, every cocktail, whatever, how much of that pile is really food. Because in the last 156 days, that pile of food is transferred to what's sitting in your chair. You literally have become the person that you are today by transforming that food into you. And people need to see that food is not simply fuel for us to walk across the room, have a conversation, or blink our eyes. That food becomes us. And the way that that magical transformation happens is through the activity of these remarkable enzymes of digestion. So we don't want to minimize the importance of how's your middle burner.
Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting point. Thank you for bringing that up, yep, Eve. I definitely don't think that people fully, fully always understand the old adage of you are what you eat. But, you know, literally you, you are. The average person consumes Well, I would it. actually amend that and say you are what you digest out of what you eat. Well, that is true as well. That is a good amendment to that rule. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick up another conversation that is so incredibly common that drives so many people crazy, and that is bloating. Um, so many people complain of bloating symptoms after they eat, during their eating, um, three hours after they eat, they feel like they're you know five months pregnant. I mean, bloating issues apply to so many people, and it is such a troublesome symptom, and we're going to talk about bloating, why, where it occurs, and what you can do to address it. So don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Kevin Pacero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM, and we're going to be back right after this break. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3 threes every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas Available at Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't handle? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula for you or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. We invite you to talk with one of our compounding specialists today. Our team of 50 includes pharmacists, nutritionists, a clinical herbalist, and a naturopath offering customized products and personalized healthy living plans to ensure your well-being. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or... 
check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero, and my wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning next week. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11. Today, we've been talking about digestive issues. We're discussing the digestive system from the top to the bottom. Uh, So far, we haven't made it too far down the tube. We've spent the first two segments talking about acid reflux, mainly because it is such an incredibly important topic that so many people suffer from. But now we are finally ready to move down to the next sort of phase of the system. I have on the phone with me Eve Plews, who is a licensed nutritional counselor working in Sarasota, Florida. She's been uh, working at her clinic, Full Spectrum Health, since 1988. She's on the board of advisors for Zymogen, uh, which is a company that makes high-quality nutritional supplements and is a host of her own two radio shows down in Florida. Very happy to have her on the phone with us today. Bloating is what we're discussing in this segment, and we're getting a little bit farther down the pipe, away from the stomach, and moving now more into the small intestine, where a lot of digestion continues to happen past the stomach. So Eve, talk to us about this next phase of digestion and some of the issues that come up and some of the ways we can address it. Well, the first thing is when I have a new client come in and they say, I have a lot of problems with my stomach, and I say, point to where you're talking about, and they point below their belly button. And so the first thing we have to do is a geography lesson to learn the anatomy that the stomach is much higher than they think it is, that they're actually pointing to the small and large bowel. And this is where the majority of bloating occurs, although it can happen above the waist. Most commonly, it is below the waist. And one of the things that I do is use my good old buddies, the digestive enzymes like panzyme and zymozyme. And I would say about a third of the individuals that I give a digestive enzyme to, that solves the bloating problem all by itself. The second place that I'm going to go then, if I don't get resolution from the digestive enzymes, is to ask the person first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, as soon as they get out of bed, to have a teaspoon of sugar, plain old white table sugar right out of the sugar bowl. And they look at me like I'm from Mars, but essentially what we're trying to figure out is whether they have, number one, an overgrowth of yeast in their small bowel, Candida albicans being the most common, but there are certainly a whole family of yeasts, or an anaerobic bacteria, a bacteria that is translocated, a bacteria that's natural to the bowel, but it's moved into a part of the bowel that it doesn't belong. And if you got up first thing in the morning and had a teaspoon of sugar on an empty stomach, and you literally watched your belly grow over the next 20 to 40 minutes, then we can pretty well bet that you've got an overgrowth of small bowel bacteria or yeast. And that's the point at which a stool study is imperative for us to identify what the critter is so that we can know exactly how to kill it. If, in fact, we take that teaspoon of sugar and we don't get bloat as a result of it, then you can bet your bottom organic dollar that we've got a food sensitivity going on. And this is not a food allergy, but a food sensitivity. And they really are totally unique from each other. And so one of the ways that I delineate is try the enzymes first, try the sugar test, see if we need a stool study or a food sensitivity test, because in one of those arenas, we're going to find the solution to bloat and get bloat to go away. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on in that phase of digestion and why the enzymes assist it? Well, your pancreas produces three different families of enzymes, proteases to complete the digestion of protein that the stomach started. 
amylases that complete the digestion of starches that started in your mouth. Mama said chew your food. Mama should have said chew your starches because the enzyme that's in your mouth only works on your ear of corn and your baked potato and your cookie and your piece of toast. And the pancreas produces its third set of enzymes of lipases that help to break down fats. So these protein, fat, and carbohydrate digesters get squirted into the top part of the small intestine. And then even more enzymes are made by the intestine itself to break food down into its smallest constituent. My staff loves the metaphor of a paragraph. That when we eat a meal, it's like a paragraph. And what we do is take a pair of scissors and we cut the sentences apart in the paragraph. And then we cut the words apart in the sentences. And then finally, we cut the letters apart in the word. And that's exactly what happens when you take your breakfast and put it into your belly. Those enzymes cleave apart the paragraph into sentences, words, and ultimately letters, just like we break protein down into amino acids, carbohydrates down into glucose, and fats down into fatty acids. So it is a very dynamic process. It takes about 10 hours as the food transports through that 20 feet of small bowel for all that action to take place. Okay, and so um, that was a very, very good description, and thank you very much for bringing that up. Some people have questions when it comes to taking digestive aids. Do I take them before I eat? Do I take them after my meal? Do I take them with a meal? When it comes to supplementing with the pancreatic enzymes and dealing with the aspect of bloating, what is your recommendation on that? My recommendation is always to take it at the very beginning of the meal. I want that pill capsule in your stomach waiting for the food. So that the second that food goes down there, we can start getting some action on it. Now, let's say you had the salad and you went, oh, yeah, the enzyme. i got to remember to take it. And you take it before the restaurant brings you the salmon. That's fine. It'll still work. Even if you completely space it out. You've had your dinner. You're standing at the kitchen, you know, putting the dishes in the dishwasher. And you're thinking, oh, I forgot to take my enzyme. Take it then. It's still going to help, but I think it's the pancreatic enzymes are going to do the most good if they're taken at the onset of the meal. If you're using something to increase gastric acid in the stomach, and my recommendation then is it is taken at the end of the meal because you want the stomach to produce all, its, all the acid it's going to produce on its own and then add to it. Okay, thank you for that recommendation. That's helpful, and I know there's a lot of confusion amongst people when they buy digestive enzymes about, you know, when do I take this? How should I take this? So that was very, very helpful. So um, the bloating conversation, you break down very, very well into those possibly three different issues related to uh, yeast overgrowth or bacterial overgrowth, food sensitivities, or uh, not enough pancreatic enzymes or other enzymes that we can supplement with to improve our digestion. Do you find, Eve, that if a digestive enzyme is helping somebody, that it's something they're going to need to be on forever? Or do you see people's digestion improve over time and become less dependent on the enzymes? Or does it just depend on the person in your experience? Absolutely. It depends on the person. I have some uh, clients that are going to be on enzymes forever and ever, amen. And I have some clients that when we clean up their diet and we start getting them to eat real food instead of tasty edible things disguised as food, that some of those stomach problems get eliminated. But, you know, it it really brings me to the point, Kevin, about that explanation that I just gave. Full Spectrum Health, my clinic here in Sarasota, 
is a teaching clinic. We are as interested in teaching people these principles as we are in simply solving problems. Because if all I do is a pill for every ill, like many doctors in allopathic medicine do, then we are still working from a sickness model. I want to work from a wellness model. And in order for me to do that, I must create educated clients. My goal is actually to put myself out of business. The reason I write a column every month, the reason that I do these public radio shows, is because I want to get as much information out there as I possibly can to keep people from having to get involved in the medical circuit and the pharmaceutical circuit. We've certainly learned over the last decade to be a little less trusting of everything that comes out of the mouth of the pharmaceutical giants. Yeah, absolutely. And education is such a huge part of wellness and of, of health. You know, one of the been indoctrinated in my education, it's one of the founding principles of naturopathic medicine is doctor as teacher, where it's so incredibly important to empower people with the education about their health so they can take it into their own hands. And that is truly the way to a healthier country and a healthier culture. So let's move on to lower down in the tube. Now we're talking about another set of incredibly common symptoms that people deal with. We're talking constipation, which is so incredibly common, and diarrhea, which also very common, but you know, some people have it chronically, some people have it limited, um, spurts of it. Constipation, diarrhea, we got a lot going on there. Let's talk about what's happening in the lower end of the GI system, in the large intestine. Let's discuss some of the processes, and then we can talk about why some of these things occur and how we can help them. Are we going to do that when we come back from a break? That sounds like a great idea. We'll have a nice long segment to discuss the lower GI system. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM and stay tuned. We got an exciting topic coming up. We're going to be right back. The moment you feel achy or run down, nip flu-like symptoms in the bud with Boron's Acilococcinum. Clinical studies show that Acillo, when taken at first signs of flu, reduces the duration and severity of flu-like symptoms such as headache, body aches, chills, and fever. For 65 years, families throughout the world have relied on Acillo. It works safely and naturally without causing side effects like drowsiness or interacting with other medications. Keep Acillo on hand and feel like yourself again. Acillo is available at Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda. Visit Acillo on the web at Acillo.com. New from Garden. Garden of Life, vitamin code, raw multivitamins. That's right, raw, made with the highest quality standards to preserve raw nutrients, uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. They are binder-free with no fructose, maltodextrin, magnesium stearate, or cornstarch. With live enzymes and probiotics, vitamin code, raw multivitamins from Garden of Life. Go beyond vitamins and minerals. Get the code, vitamin code. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Wondering how to turn your bedroom into a hothouse? The answer is hot plants, the natural herbal way to make sex fun, vibrant, and satisfying. Two unique formulas, one for him and one for her, were developed by Chris Kilham, the medicine hunter. Chris's book, Hot Plants, features these exciting products from Enzymatic Therapy. Hot Plants, from the science of enzymatic therapy, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. 
ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function, in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. We sort of saved this big topic for last. We decided to end the last segment a little bit early so we could make sure to get through all of this uninterrupted. Now we are working through, if you're just tuning in, we've been working through the digestive system, starting off with acid reflux, which is the esophagus and stomach, moving down into bloating issues, which occur more in the small intestine, and now we're talking about the issues related to constipation and diarrhea, which is going to be more applicable to the large intestine. I have on the phone with me Eve Plews, who is a licensed nutritional counselor. She has been sharing with us lots of fantastic information. Eve, it is a pleasure to have you on the show today, and please start talking to us about what's going on in the lower part of your GI system. Well, when I found out that there were 700 different laxatives that were sold in the United States, we made the joke in our office that certainly all of them should be sold in Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, it tells you how much problems people have with daily bowel movements. And so one of the questions that I ask on intake for a new client here at the clinic is, do you have a bowel movement every day? And it always amazes me the number of people that say, well, pretty much, uh, sort of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, what and amazes go, me, Eve, sorry, is like you ask people, do you have regular bowel movements? And they say yes. And then when you ask, do you have a bowel movement every day? They say no, every other day or every three days, whereas that is considered regular. Right. And, and this nonsense that, oh, once a week is okay because that's the way that I've always been. I'm sorry, I beg to differ with you. You want to take out the trash every day. And so the nature of constipation, one issue with constipation is just flat out how much fluid we get in the body. You know, we use the formula in our clinic that you take your body weight, you divide your body weight in half, and you express that number as ounces. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you need 75 ounces of water a day. If you weigh 128 pounds, you need 64 ounces, which is two quarts of water a day. That's not coffee, tea, pop, soup, juice, wine, you know, it's water. And so that's the first thing we have to do to get a bowel to work well. The second thing is the amount of fiber that we take in. And Americans need 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day depending on their body size, but they average 10 or 12, just about half that. And so when you eat food that occurs in nature, and that's my battle cry here at Full Spectrum, Eat foods that occur in nature. There is a very big difference between an apple and a fried apple pie from the Golden Arches. So when we look at these foods that have naturally adequate fibers in them, that helps the bowel work. The third ingredient we look at is probiotics, good guy bacteria. Those good guy bacterias, boy, there's a lot of them that are sold in the marketplace that, you know, really are not 
what they present themselves to be. You know, one of the reasons that I'm delighted to be associated with a professional nutrient company like Zymogen is because I know when I'm using those probiotics, they're in the American Registry of Culture. We know where those bacteria came from, and those good guy bacteria help to get the fermentation process that happens in the bowel working better. And so all of those ingredients, and then the fourth ingredient for a healthy bowel is exercise. We know that the large muscles of the thighs, the hamstrings and the quadriceps, are stimulants to the bowel. So people who walk every day, who ride their bike, who are active in the garden, are individuals that generally have a bowel that's working better. But in order for us to have a bowel movement, we have to have pressure on the inside of the bowel to trigger those muscles to contract. And so there are very many laxatives out there that are actually, in my opinion, dangerous, most notably the herbs Cascara Sagrada and the herb Senna, because granted they work, but they work by irritation. They don't work by making the bowel improve in function. And so I am likely to look first at fluids, second at fiber, third at probiotics, before I go in and start using some sort of a stimulant to get the bowel to work. Yeah, absolutely. The stimulant laxatives... They are habit-forming. So if you've been using them for a really long time and you try and come off of them, your GI system won't have the normal motility that it had before. They become addictive, and it becomes very difficult to have good regular bowel movements once you've been using stimulant laxatives for an extended period of time. And as you've pointed out, that is regardless of whether it is a over-the-counter or prescription stimulant laxative or whether it's a natural stimulant laxative like the very popular ones you mentioned, the cascara and the senna, and even um, certain plant parts of the aloe plant aloe latex can be used as a stimulant laxative. These are not the ways to go. What Eve has pointed out is absolutely true. Um, The probiotics, the fiber, the water intake are absolutely critical. If those aren't working, there are some other laxatives or not, I wouldn't even call them laxatives, bowel encouragers, I like to call them, from the natural pharmacy that work in a different way. And this would be something that is referred to as an osmotic laxative. Eve, do you want to discuss that at all? Well, the nature of magnesium citrate, uh, even that can create dependency because we find that people that use mag citrate on a daily basis will over time have to continue to increase the amount they use. Yes, it's a natural product, and the way that it works is it draws water into the bowel. So it kind of fire hoses the bowel from the inside. But I think those are perfectly appropriate to use short term. When I have a client going in for surgery and they're going to be put on narcotics for a couple of days because they just had their back operated on and they're going to, you know, end up getting the plumbing blocked, then I'm going to put them on something that contains mag citrate, um, uh, the cape aloe, the trafala. Those things in combination especially will work really well because it's short-term use. But I do not recommend the use of mag citrate day after day after day, 365 days a year, because over time we will not only create dependency, we will have to escalate the volume that we use. Right. Um, so then let's talk about the other side of the coin, which is, you know, bowel movements are more on the loose side. People can have well, that. Well, before we do, let oh. me give my easy peasy. Oh, please, solution. please. Again, you know, when I was living in Sedona and Flagstaff and working with this cashless population, I had to find these things to do that were very inexpensive. And if you take a dozen prunes and a dozen figs, 
and cut them up with scissors. I usually throw them in the freezer for five minutes or so, so they're easy to cut. Put them in a saucepan, cover them with water, put a lid on it, simmer them for about 20 minutes, and you got a brown goosh in the pan. Take a nice clean glass jar, and I will usually pour boiling water into that clean glass jar so I make sure it's sterile, and then transfer that paste of fig and prune into that glass jar and refrigerate it. And every morning when you get up, take one tablespoon of that fig and prune combination with a full glass of water, and oftentimes that will stabilize and regulate a bowel as fast as any other remedy I've ever seen. That's a great recommendation. I love anything that is food-based rather than supplement or pill-based. That is a, a great recommendation. Well, but that's what we do at Full Spectrum. We try to do as much of it as we can with changing behaviors and strategies and doing it with food. Now, I use nutraceuticals. I use herbs. I use homeopathics in my practice. And, you know, there are some clinicians that are purists as herbalists and some that are purists as homeopaths. You know, I'm one of the people that cross over into those different camps. And so I use all of the tools that are available to me, but I'm always looking for the easiest, the cheapest, the safest. Fantastic. So let's talk about the other side of the spectrum. Now our problem isn't necessarily that we don't go to the bathroom enough. The problem is we have too many bowel movements. We have loose stool. We have uh, issues with just the system being almost irritated and things going through too fast. What, what comes to mind when we talk about that? Well, ironically, some of the very same things that we talked about before, adequate fluid, probiotics, and fiber, are some of the things that are necessary. But we want to understand that what can often cause diarrhea are food sensitivities, and doing a food sensitivity test is always a help. The overgrowth of small intestine bacteria or yeast can create diarrhea. A constant amount of stress, all of us have a constant amount of stress in the society that we live in, but some individuals, that stress makes them, I got to go. And so we have to downregulate the whole nervous system reaction to stressors in order to make the bowel work better. I do a lot of stool studies in my practice because I see a lot of digestive issues. You know, when people come in this office and they are diagnosed with IBS, in this office we call IBS, I'd be stupid because... We consider that to be an ignorant diagnosis. That's telling me that the gastroenterologist that gave that declaration just doesn't know what's wrong. And so the very first thing that I'm going to grab when somebody has diarrhea is my old buddy IgG2000. IgG2000 has lots of these IgG antibodies that bind to toxins and funky bacteria and viruses in the bowel. And I've seen IgG2000 taken one capsule every hour in a petite person or two capsules every hour in anybody weighing more than 125 pounds. I've seen that stop diarrhea in just a matter of hours. No, that's a great a great point, and there are a lot of issues going on with the GI system that can contribute to diarrhea or constipation, and stress is one that you mentioned. You know, so many people absorb their stress in different areas. Everybody absorbs their stress in different areas, and so many people absorb that stress in the gastrointestinal system. So it's so important not to overlook the psychosocial issues going on around somebody and their life when they're dealing with chronic gastrointestinal problems. And then, of course, all of the other issues that we've looked at. So, um, you know, we talked about probiotics for diarrhea, right? We discussed that. 
There might right. be the same thing as fiber for people with loose stool. They may benefit from including more fiber in their diet to actually add some consistency to the stool. Um, they may also think about enzymes as a way to improve digestion because one of the things that might be happening is if the food is not being broken down properly, there might be issues with how the body is able to process it. And if the body can't process it correctly, it becomes an irritant. And that irritant can result in the body trying to flush things out. And I think that's another really interesting topic. We've talked twice now, Eve, about this issue of bacterial balance. You know, we know that you have more bacteria living in your bowel than you have cells in your body. Usually it counts for about five to seven pounds of your body weight are just culture of microflora and bugs and bacteria that live in your gastrointestinal system. And they're incredibly important for our survival. You know, we've talked about digestive enzymes and we've talked about, you know, the microbial balance. We haven't necessarily talked about how those two things are directly related. Do you want to discuss that at all? Well, what we know is that, uh, you know, when the bad guys outnumber the good guys, the body is going to say, get this out of here. So when the body says, get this out of here, it doesn't matter whether that's been provocated by a bacteria, a yeast, a parasite, or a food. You know, we do want to remind the listeners that there is one kind of diarrhea we don't want to try to stop, and that's pure water. When somebody has pure water coming out of their body, the body is doing a cleansing process. And if you take Imodium or one of the other opiates that stop that diarrhea, I guarantee you you're going to have a rebound effect because the body isn't going to be able to clean itself. But when we put these good guy bacteria in there, the Bifidobacter and the Lactobacillus families of bacteria, the DNA in those bacteria talk to the DNA in the bowel, and they reduce inflammation. So it's not just a matter of good guy bacteria helps us poop or keeps us from having diarrhea. It's a matter of the fact that it reduces inflammation globally. It reduces inflammation in the lung of asthmatics, in the brain of a Parkinson patient, in the skin of somebody with eczema or psoriasis. So there are more benefits to that good guy bacteria than simply helping the belly. Right, exactly. And the digestive process, if you have a weakened digestive process higher up in the chain and your body cannot break the food down properly, it, the bacteria that are beneficial to our body are used to seeing food and their fuel broken down in a certain way. And if they, if the digestive process hasn't prepared the food for them to be able to eat it or feed on it, then basically other bacteria that have different mechanisms of breaking down the food are the ones that are going to get fed. And those are typically the ones that we don't want there. So this process of chewing your food adequately when you eat it, this process of having adequate stomach acid like we've talked about so the proteins can be broken down properly, this process of the pancreas releasing the different enzymes to further break down the protein, the starches, and the fats. All of these steps of digestion prep the food and prep the fuel so that when it enters the area of the bowel that has the high bacterial concentration, those bacteria can access the nutrients they need to thrive. If the part of the digestive process at the beginning has not been carried out adequately, then the good bacteria won't have food and there'll be bad bacteria that are going to be able to have food because it doesn't matter how many probiotics you take, how healthy your diet is, you're going to always, every single person is going to have some bad bacteria in their gut. The idea is the good ones outnumber them and keep their populations down. If you change the environment in the gut in a way that allows 
the bad bacteria to thrive and the good bacteria not to thrive, that whole dynamic of the bacterial balance will start to change. Inflammation will occur, gastrointestinal symptoms will occur, and you will end up going down that road. So, Eve, well, and let's yeah. add one more thing to that. You know, people that are standing in front of a microwave screaming, hurry, when they're putting their TV tray up, and watching TV and watching the battle in Syria as they're eating, they're consuming that stress at the same time. So whether you're eating driving in the car, eating standing up, or eating in front of, you know, a dramatic cop show on television, these things also become part of your digestive reality. Yeah, it's very important to consider all aspects of digestion from stress to chewing to all of the things we've mentioned. We are unfortunately out of time, Eve. We could talk for hours on this topic. Really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Well, you know now why they call my radio show No Nonsense Nutrition. Yeah, we definitely covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. So everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Dr. Kevin Passero, and this is the Essentials of Healthy Living on AM 1500. My co-host Dana Lake will be back next week, so make sure to tune in Sunday from 10 to 11. I am wishing you all the best of health, and we'll talk to you in just a few weeks. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside of the Beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists are here to advise you about creating your very own individualized healthy living plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com.